Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossap, Fightful.com. Here with a name you know, GCW's Brett Lauderdale. We're fresh off of the collective, uh, sort of some mixed publicity in, in regards to the collective. A whole lot of great wrestling, but uh, unfortunately, several positive COVID-19 tests emerging from that. Uh, we've got Brett on the line. Brett uh, actually told me straight up, he said that he wanted to he wanted to hear the, the toughest questions that, that that the viewer, that the audience, that uh, you guys on Twitter wanted. I mean, this is something that, that Brett specifically mentioned to me that he wanted to field and told me that he wanted me asking uh, the tough questions. Uh, Brett, how are you? I'm good. I'm, um, you know, still catching up on sleep and messages and everything, you know, that's come in the day since the collective, but that's all, you know, as expected and part of, you know, comes with the territory. So, you know, I'm just uh, catching up on sleep and catching up on business basically. So as we do this, uh, you are in California, you're running a show this weekend. I mean, what goes through your head to, to make you decide to continue running this show this weekend after really some of the, the results that have emerged after last weekend's collective? Sure. So in, you know, uh, to be completely honest, in hindsight, this was probably not my best decision when it comes to scheduling. I have discussed this with my partners and with my team. And, you know, if I could do it again, I probably would have changed the date of this show. Um, I did discuss possibilities earlier in the week, you know, um, you know, what's the pros and cons on continuing with this date? What are our options? you know, what's, what is the move that makes the most sense? And we kind of met somewhere in the middle. Um, you know, so basically what it came down to is how can we do this show in as safe a manner as possible? That's not, um, that's, you know, that is, that is not being blatantly, um, dangerous. And, you know, I, I took feedback from my team and from people outside of my team and it was, 
you know, there was some bullet points laid out and guidelines like, hey, if you can do, if you, if we can do this, this, and this, um, and everybody can follow along, then it's not, you know, it's not unreasonable and it's not any different than anything else you've done any other weekend or that any other company is doing this weekend or any other weekend. So, you know, we've implemented some of those things, which I'm happy to discuss. And, you know, with all those being said, you know, we are going to move forward in, you know, following again, the most, the safest and most responsible guidelines we can follow. Now, obviously there are some distinct differences in last weekend and this weekend. One of the, the main being there aren't nearly as many wrestlers. There aren't nearly as many events, but what other changes have been made since last weekend to what you all are doing this weekend in California? Well, you know, you kind of just touched on a little bit of it. It's a much smaller crew this week, both in wrestlers and staff. Um, you know, one of the things that we've done, um, which we've not just suggested, but stressed and enforced is nobody traveled to California this week without a positive COVID, uh, well, a negative COVID test um, this week. Uh, all had to present that to me before you know, before I gave them the green light to come to California and come to this show. Um, everybody's participated in that. Uh, everybody that was at the collective has shown that most people have gotten two tests uh, since both, you know, they've gotten them, whether it was on Tuesday and Thursday or Wednesday and Friday, everybody has produced results. Um, you know, I have them, you know, should, should a, a local authority ask me for them, I'd be able to present them. Um, so, that's one thing that I think is important. You know, it's not just uh, they got to test the next day. It's, you know, most of them have gotten to, and most of them got them on the, on the latter part of this week. Um, so everybody was cooperative with that. And I think that's one major step in being able to do this safely. Um, some of the other things that we're doing this weekend, um, and, and these do come, um, you know, based on what we learned at the collective, um, I mean, we're dramatically cutting back on the personnel in and around the locker room. Um, you know, anybody who doesn't specifically need to be in there is not going to be in there. Um, you know, if you have to interact with the wrestlers uh, in some way, you know, then, you know, there's going to be an appropriate time and place for that. Um, I've stressed, um, I've stressed um, repeatedly to my crew and especially the wrestlers you know, unless you are in the ring, you are expected to be wearing a mask, meaning, you know, listen, if you go to the locker room and then you want to come out and take a walk around, you need to have that mask with you, especially if you're going to be around any people. Um, there's going to be no interaction, no, no physical interaction between wrestlers and fans this week. This has been kind of our policy the whole time, but it's just one of those things that's kind of like it's been said and we expect everybody to follow it. But we're going to be, I mean, we're going to be on top of it um, extra uh, tomorrow, meaning, you know, no high-fiving, no, um, you know, no arms around for pictures, you know, probably no pictures, period. Um, there's just, I mean, it, given all the circumstances recently, there's no reason why, you know, we need to have wrestlers going out, you know, in between matches and taking pictures. And, and they all understand that and, um, that's going to be something that's going to be um, off the table for tomorrow. So what kept you from canceling this weekend's events in light of what we know and what we've really come to know since 
Probably Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday evening. Sure. So what kept me from it? All right. So uh, like I said, we laid out a whole bunch of factors. Um, Who's going to be there? Where are they coming from? Um, You know, uh, from a fan standpoint, 99% of these people are locals who were not at the collective. These are people who haven't gone anywhere and done anything in many months. So um, in terms of, you know, um, I guess a, you know, bringing people back and forth, I think the majority of these people are, are not that they are. They're not people who were in Indiana last week and who are bringing it here untested. You know, I can't, I cannot regulate fans, um, you know, health and their behavior. I cannot tell a fan that you must get tested. You know, um, there's no way of regulating and knowing, you know, if that's being done or how it's being done. But what I do know this weekend is that uh, 99% of these people um, have been in California for the last however long. So um, that was one factor. Um, I did, like I said, I did explore other options. You know, could we push the show back a week? Could we, uh, could we move it? Could we, you know, what were the other options? And when we weighed them all, um, it was just determined, like, listen, again, like I said earlier, if we can do this, this, and this, knowing this, this, and this, then it's okay. You know, it, it, then the risk is no greater than it's been any other show that we've run, whether it was our two shows in Atlantic City in July, uh, whether it was all the shows we ran in Indianapolis over the summer. Um, ultimately, at the end of the day, especially with the added level of testing, the risk is the risk appears to be no greater than any other show that has that we have promoted or any other wrestling company has promoted over the last three to five months. So again, to clarify for those who might not know and are assuming that you're using the uh, a giant pool of the same talent that isn't the same case this weekend as last weekend. There, there is a lot of uh, repeat talent. A lot of our regulars are on the show. Um, but as I told you earlier, these people have all been tested. Okay. They've all been tested at least once since the collective. Many of them have been tested twice. Okay. Um, and many of them did that, not just on my suggestion, but on their own. So, uh, we'll, we'll go back in time a little bit. Uh, as you know, I was, mm-hmm. I was going to attend the collective. I had actually tentatively planned an interview with you and about probably 20 other people. Very excited uh, it's it is an event, and it's the type of thing. It's the type of attraction that, even though it was canceled in April, you all could still run it in October and get a lot of buzz off of it, which is a testament to the the talent, the events, uh, the promotion, all that. A couple weeks before that, when when I got word of the AEW positive tests and really the the breakout at the performance center, I said, uh-huh. you know what. I can't do that. I was like, I can't do that because I know that there's a lot of this talent that hangs out together. They train together. They date each other. They live with each other. They sleep with each other. That's just the the nature of a lot of wrestlers. Did you have concerns when you heard about that performance center outbreak or some of the positive tests in AEW as, quite frankly, these wrestlers do spend a lot of time together? Of course there's concerns. I mean... You know, and, and let's. There's been multiple outbreaks in AEW, WWE. 
And these are billion dollar corporations with all the precautions in the world and all the testing in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the reality of the situation is that, uh, you know, this is a virus that is, um, you know, contagious and airborne and, you can have all the testing and all the precautions in the world, but the only way to prevent yourself from getting this virus is to lock yourself in, in your, you know, in your home and never come out and have no interaction with the outside world. So, um, I mean, you know, I'm not saying that that's like, that that says like, Oh, well, you know, they had it. So what's the big deal? It's just, it's a reality of this world that we live in right now. There is no, there is the only surefire way to prevent yourself from getting coronavirus is to stay in your home and have zero interaction, you know, with, with the outside world. I mean, I don't, am I exaggerating there? No, no, you're not. And I know that Indiana had rolled back some of their, their measures. Uh, They had actually rolled back some of those uh, limitations. You all kept your, your limitations on. Absolutely. Even though, I mean, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, sure. Sure. So you're, you're correct. And I think this is a point that, you know, that I've been eager to make um, because I've seen comments suggesting that there was, you know, greed motivating this past weekend and that, you know, it's all about the money. And, you know, I understand how some, you know, why, how some people could get that impression, but I'd like to point out, as you just did, if this was about greed and money, we could have taken this 10 times further. You know, that was a 2,000-seat arena, and there was no rule in Marion County or Indianapolis that said we could not put 2,000 people in that arena. There was no rule in Indiana Indiana that said we had to follow, um, you know, any kind of guidelines or a certain capacity um, it's it was green light go in Indiana. We made the decision to limit the capacity. Um, I made the decision to limit the capacity of each row. You know, normally in non-COVID times, I'm putting 80 people uh, in the front row, 20 people on each side. Okay, for spring break, the biggest show, there was 30 people seated in the front row. So if you want to do the math and do the numbers and count the money, you can see, you know what was left on the table um, in the name of, of safety and precautions. And um, I mean, you can, you can say I'm full of shit on that, but numbers are numbers and the numbers don't lie. Um, You know, on the, on Thursday night of setup um, and this was not visible on camera, but the people that were there could tell you uh, me and Nate Webb and a couple other people went through every single row of the bleachers and laid down tape and signs shutting down every other row of the bleachers, encouraging social distancing in the bleachers, basically um, not just suggesting, um, just suggesting a limit to how many people can be where, but, you know, putting a, a physical, you know, impediment to getting there. Um, I mean, we could have, we could have taken this well, by the numbers, we could have taken this no less than five times further than we did, but we set a limit and we stuck to it. And all the partner promotions were in agreement with it. Um, and they all followed those limits too. I mean, this was a universal collective rule. This is our capacity and this is how we're going to do the floor seating. And, you know, everybody was in agreement, and we all followed that. I mean, it was 
strictly followed. So a couple of questions about the city, the venue, so to speak. Why Indianapolis, and when did you decide Indianapolis? Because obviously, yeah. the, the, ideally, this would have been in Tampa in April, but that, that isn't the situation that we got. Sure. Why Indiana and why Indianapolis? Uh, well, first of all, Indiana has played host to us all summer. We, we ran a number of shows there at White River State Park. Um, and it, it was a great fit for us. Um, you know, again, as, as I mentioned on social media, you know, a big part of Indiana being the host had to do with Nate Webb, who of course is Indianapolis's own. He has a lot of connections in the city to venues and vendors and just people that, that help facilitate making these things happen. Um, so, you know, the ease uh, in these times, the ease of anything is appreciated and helpful. And so Nate kind of being able to help bridge that gap to bring in an event of this magnitude to Indiana and Indianapolis was also a major factor. Um, on top of that, Indianapolis is a pretty central location. There were other locations considered. Um, you know, I had considered bringing this to Atlantic City, New Jersey, um, where I could have had up to 500 people uh, at any event outdoors. And, um, and that would have been within the guidelines, but, you know, I just, uh, in considering this and considering the, you know, who's going to this, um, and where they're coming from, you know, it just seemed like Indiana was more accessible, less people would have to fly. And, um, just again, at the end of the day, we just weighed out the pros and cons and that's how we got on Indianapolis. Uh, what protocols did you need to adhere to, if any? I mean, like, what were you mandated to adhere to? Because, again, yeah. I know that Indianapolis and Indiana was scaled back a big time, and you all did still limit the the some of the stuff. Yeah. Well, uh, Sean, when we first signed up uh, to do this in Indianapolis, there were still restrictions in place. So... Um, when I submitted this proposal, which I had to do to the Marion County Public Health Board in the city of Indianapolis, um, I had to write a 12 page COVID-19 risk mitigation plan, which uh, in detail um, spelled out our precautions and what we plan to do to keep spectators safe and keep the athletes safe as best we could. And I did that. I, I meticulously went through all 12 pages of this application with diagrams and, you know, bullet points. And, um, you know, this is what we're going to do. And this is how we're going to do it. Spelling it all out to a T. And this and, and these these had to be evaluated. And they were these plans were approved before Indiana rolled back to, you know, green light go. So, um these events were planned and approved under previous guidelines. Um, so, uh, you know, it wasn't just come on in and do whatever you want. Like when this was planned, it was under, it, there, there was rules in place. So as for GCW's protocols, why not mandate uh, negative tests before they came in? Sure. sure. Okay. That's a good question. And, um, and I, and I understand, um, why people would want that or, or ask that question. And again, this is another, another situation where, um, 
you know, there is no, there is no necessarily good or, or, um, you know, answer that would soothe everybody's concerns, but it's a reality of the situation. So now that indie wrestling has come back as it has, it's not, you know, obviously we're not a hundred percent back, but there are promotions running regularly every weekend. There are big shows occurring all over the country the top performers are once again working regularly. What you're basically doing is, you know, you are basically putting the validity of any testing into question because there are those incubation periods. There are those, you know, everybody's different. It might take, and the severity of cases as well. It may take, if if you become infected, Sean, it may take you three days to test positive it may take me if if I'm exposed to the same uh, if we catch it in the same place at the same time, it may take you three days. It may take me seven days. It may take me 10 days. So a wrestler who wrestles on the 14th in any city USA. Okay. And then he wrestles again on the 21st in different city USA. If he takes a test on the 20th and he tests negative, do we know that he's negative? Do we know, do do we know, um, you know, do we know if we're getting an accurate result? But, but why and, not mandate tests anyway? That way, if somebody does test positive, you do at least restrict, like say, and not, not to pick on Janela and the clusterfuck, but you limit somebody who comes in with a positive test, even though the incubation period could have elapsed and they they could have it even if they test negative. You do limit those that test positive coming in from perhaps spreading it to a bunch of people that they come in contact with. Are you? I'm uh, maybe. I think I might have misunderstood your question. Did you so, did you ask me? So what? I mean, like even if somebody was positive, I get that the incubation period ha- would have a little bit of a lapse and it, it would be impossible to tell for some people. But why not mandate it anyway? That way you could at least reduce the spread in which would occur in, in that event. Well, we have, we have tried to enforce this and I know other promotions have tried to enforce this too. You know, I, I don't want to, I don't need to name names or throw anybody under the bus. You know, we've tried our best to do this, but it's, it has not, in a, you know, more recently and, and now it's getting easier to do this, but for a lot of people, they just, they literally can't get tested. You know, a guy who lives in one city may have have uh, have a level of ease to getting a test, rapid or otherwise, where he can walk into an urgent care and get a free test anytime he wants. There are people who lives in other people who live in other parts of the country where it's not it's not uh, it's not as easy. Whether it's not free, they you know it's um, they need an appointment and it's a you know one one or two week wait unless you're showing symptoms. I mean, these are all different factors that are coming into play. Now, I agree. In a perfect world, we would be able to do this with every show and every performer. And I wish that we were at the point to do that. And going forward, I'm going to do my best to enforce this. Starting this weekend, as I told you, nobody, including the local performers as well, uh, Danny Limelight, Eli Everfly, Adrian Quest, all of these guys who were not at the collective all got tested as well. And, you know, we we are going to make this part of our requirements going forward. And I wish we had done this for the collective. And I apologize, and I'm sorry that we didn't. 
Um, there were many performers who were asked to, depending on who they were in the ring with, that did do it. And, um, you know, we tried, but in that respect, did in, in getting everybody tested ahead of time, uh, if that was a requirement and, and, you know, then we failed, we should have done it, but we didn't. And, you know, I'm not going to lie and tell you we did, you know, we tried and we would have liked to have had that done, but it just, it, it was a lot of people coming from different places and it just was very difficult to get done. So independent wrestling is one of those things that is unique because there are often a lot of people who haven't quite hit it big yet and they're not quite making the money that can support themselves to 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 just do independent wrestling. That that by nature increases accessibility to fans and a lot of times, you know, the I, I'm sure you know, you've got a groundswell of support in game changer wrestling. I mean, that's uh, and accessibility is a large part of that. I mean, fans can go out there and interact with a lot of these wrestlers on social media. They develop personal friendships or relationships with them. They care about them. They care about what they make, their ability to make money. And even criticism of something like this, it can seem like, like people are picking on GCW or the wrestlers or anything. And I think that, that health is the primary concern. Uh, I mean, it, it's... It's this slippery slope where it's like, you know, the health comes first, but also these people do need to earn money and feed themselves and feed their families if they have them or support themselves. How do you balance that as a promoter in this time? Because you can't draw as big a crowds as, as usual. Are the pay-per-views offsetting that or how, how does that work out? It, it it doesn't in a lot of cases and that's another reality of the situation i said i've said on social media lately that i've been working three times as hard for one-third of the revenue that we would have in non-covid times you know um i'm selling uh, you know we're selling out shows at at a fraction of the capacity that we would normally sell um, the money that comes in is dramatically altered. I'm paying out the same amount of money to wrestlers. I'm paying the same amount of money to venues. All my expenses are the same as pre-COVID, um, but the income is is slashed dramatically. Um, you know, it, it's it's difficult, and you know, I'm doing my best to support my people and my crew. And also support independent wrestling because, you know, GCW's role in independent wrestling is, is I mean, we, we are a large platform. We are a large piece of the machine. And we um, both directly and indirectly help, you know, power the rest of independent wrestling as it stands right now. Um, you know, I feel a sense of responsibility and I feel like people are counting on us and depending on us. And all these people that are wrestling on the shows, these people want to be there. You know, nobody's being forced to be there. Um, they may feel like they need to because they need to earn a living. And we all feel that way. Um, but, you know, I've never forced anybody to come, fans or wrestlers. Um, and, you know, um, these are people who are doing this right now because like you said, either they want to or they need to. And we're all working together to do this as safely as we can. Like, uh, 
you know, say, uh, the, these discussions that we're having happen regularly. Like we have our, you know, whatever, our group chats, our emails for each show. And we go over these bullet points every show. You know, is everybody comfortable performing? Um, you know, these are the guidelines. Please remember to do this and do this. And please remember not to do this and do this. Um, I mean, this, there's so much that goes into every show. Um, and it's, it is a lot of work and, um, I don't even remember the question anymore, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's been difficult and, um, yeah, it is a balancing act. Like, uh, like we, we don't really have a choice until, until our government wants to pay the wrestlers to stay home until, um, you know, until the government wants to provide support for promoters and vendors and all these people who work on the road and, and work in, you know, uh, um, you know, whose work is based off of live events, then there's going to be a need for people to get out there and do this. And this is just what they do. Wrestlers wrestle, promoters promote, um, like this is just our life. And it's the same as somebody who has to go to, you know, who's, who's a waiter or a waitress and they are going to work because, because they have to, what's the alternative, you know, we all have our chosen field and we all have, um, our line of work. This is ours. Um, and this is what we do. We have to do something. So what's the alternative? This is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall. He knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working. The HVAC is humming and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply here no matter what we do right now we're going to be at risk if, if i if i say there's no more wrestling for gcw until this is pandemic this pandemic is over then i have to go get a, a different job what's my next job going to be am i going to work at wawa or walmart am i going to go work at a restaurant I, i'm going to be around people i'm not going to be tested regularly by my employer and i'm going to be exposed on a daily basis so if that's a, if that's going to be what i have to do then we're going to, then, then our desire is to continue to do that in our chosen line of work, what, doing what we're good at, entertaining people, making people happy. And um, I mean, that's, that's where we're at. So a few more questions uh, before we wrap it up. Another question about protocols, why no barricades or guardrails? Was there any particular reason for that? There is no particular reason. I mean, I, anybody who follows GCW knows we've, we really never use barricades at any of our shows. Um, but there's also I mean, usually not a pandemic going on. So, I mean, different, different circumstances. I agree. But what does the guardrail do? So I guess in theory, the guardrail is keeping people from what going up and to the ring. Is that the idea? 
I, I mean, keeps the action from spilling out that direction. Uh, could could prevent a, a number of things. I mean, I mean, sure. if you're running the shows, uh, okay. you could you could instruct talent. Hey, you know, maybe stay away from those guardrails as well, just for the safety of the fans uh, via this this airborne virus. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say that. Um, I'm not going to say guardrails might not help. But in terms of, I mean, there, the general idea is to prevent, a, ba- I guess, a barrier and prevents and creates space. And I don't feel like we've had that problem. You know, I set up the chairs X amount of feet from the ring, and I don't see fans getting any closer to the wrestlers, whether they're uh, it, because there's no barricade in front of them or wrestlers getting any closer to the fans because there's no barricade in front of them. Um, yeah, action is definitely spilled out of the ring. And I will also say that that's probably also a problem and probably not a good idea and probably something I need to address. But, um, you know, I I haven't felt like there was a a real need for barricades, at least, um, you know, I haven't felt that it would be a difference maker. I'll put it like that. A lot of people were asking why choose to run indoors. I mean, I can, I can tell people living in the Midwest October in the Midwest is very unpredictable. I mean, there's there's a possibility you're going to get rain. There's a possibility you're going to get 40-degree weather. But was that even considered, and, and why not an outdoor venue if, if that could even improve yeah, no, things it, uh, a negligible amount? Yeah, no, it, it was considered doing it back at White River State Park. But as you said, the weather is unpredictable. Um, and... You know, what if it what if it rains? What if it snows? What if it's freezing? You know, um, those were all things that were considered. Uh, it was done indoors for a couple of reasons here. Uh, the reason that I felt comfortable doing this one indoors is because it was a two thousand plus seat arena, uh, and I knew that I was only gonna I was gonna only go no further than a certain capacity. Um, so I felt like there was enough space. I felt like it was a large enough and open enough building where um, it would not be cramped. There would be lots of open space to move and space everybody out. Um, You know, there also was two very large garage doors on either side of this building, which were open for the entirety of both events as well. You know, that doesn't mean that, you know, this was outdoors, but there was free air flowing through at all times. Um, on another note, again, this is one of those things where I say it's, you know, a reality of the situation and there's a whole world going on around us. There are now football stadiums with 10,000, 15, 20,000 people in them every single weekend. Um, there are fans returning to baseball stadiums for the world series. There's players Um, are tested though. I mean, they not are. not the fans, so sure, but I mean the the people right. that are competing are are tested, right? But what so there's about so you got ten thousand players uh, fans in the stands, and you got fifty play uh, well twenty four players on the field at any given time. Um, it would seem to me that the concern over indoor or, or the the balance between indoor and outdoor would be more related to the safety of the fans than it would be to the athletes. The athletes are always isolated from the fans. Um, you know, depending on the sport, you know, they're, they're never, you know, fans aren't on the field. 
fans aren't in the ring, you know? Um, so again, I mean, it's, we're getting into the winter season. We are moving on. People are adjusting to this on the fly. There are other sports and other spectator activities that are having larger crowds than this and that are doing this indoors. So, um, you know, again, we just weighed the pros and cons at the end of the day and it was determined, listen, the arena is this big. We're not going to go above this many people. Um, and you know, all, all that considered again, in comparison, this is not unreasonable. Uh, we also had a lot of people asking if you'd consider doing another show like the acid cup where fans could donate to the wrestlers, uh, or anything like that. Um, I mean, of course it's been considered, but, you know, I have a hard time asking people, you know, to, you know, put out that amount of money. And I have a hard, I have a hard time asking people to donate this money directly to the wrestlers and and I'm not paying them anything. You know, it's like... it feels like charity to me and I appreciate the sentiment and, you know, in a, again, in a perfect world, it sounds great, but what happens if we don't raise enough money and the wrestlers, you know, don't make what they need to make, what happens? And then what happens if you do this every, you know, two times a month, you know, it's like, you're asking a lot from the fans, like they can show that same support by, by ordering it on fight TV and staying home if they want um, you know, it's like, it's been considered. It's just, it's just one of those things where it's like, uh, I don't know some of us feel weird about it. And, and those that don't feel weird about it, more power to them as well. It's not a horrible idea. It's just like, I choose, uh, as you know, as, as my business plan, um, I want to have spectators in a safe, as safe, as responsibly as I can. I prefer to have them in person. And, you know, they give us money, they give the promotion the money, they get the live entertainment, and then I'll pay the wrestlers. That's just my preferred way of doing business. As of right now, rumor is WWE is going to sort of run it back in Tampa. We we don't really know the venue. We know some plans. Are, are you all planning to run Tampa? I know that that's six months away, but... I also know that you all had booked a Tampa venue a year ahead of time to prevent WWE from locking you guys out because Janela actually revealed that in an interview. Have you all already made plans for Tampa in April or March? I think it is. There are no no plans on paper at this time. Of course, everything's been discussed. Um, You know, the Cuban club still owes me $42,198, which they refuse to give back. So, you know, there are things on on the table that, you know, are going to have to be rectified at some point. Um, and of course it's been discussed. So there's nothing in place. Who knows what the world's going to look like in six months? Who knows what the world's going to look like in one month or in, you know, 20 days from now, you know, everything's kind of play it by ear and we'll see where we're at next month. We'll see where we're at the month after that. And, you know, at some point a decision will be made. And I, I know that, I know that, um, you know, my competitors are all considering the same things right now. So, um, you know, we're, we're not the only ones that will have to make a decision one way or the other. And I know you have gotten some flack from some other indies on Twitter that are, are sort of pointing the finger at you and 
expecting you to accept responsibility for some of their shows maybe being put in disarray. What would you say to that? And, and do you accept any responsibility in that regard? Um, well, I think you're referring to the company, uh, I guess, St. Louis Anarchy, which seemed to have um, definitely squarely laid blame on us um, for their shows. And, um, you know, I do not accept personal responsibility for their shows not happening. If there was some performers that could not perform then, and you need to replace them, then, I mean, do that. You know, that's what everybody does on a regular basis. Um, you know, uh, us running a show is no different from them running a show. If they run a show and somebody's exposed to Corona at their show and somebody else has to replace the talent the following week, are they then at fault? I mean, we don't know who gets coronavirus from who. We don't know when they got it and we don't know where they got it. So to place any any kind of sole square blame on any one person or company, um, I think is unfair. You know, this is the world we are living in right now. Anybody can can come down with this at any time. Um, things change dramatically. No plan is is. You may think you have a plan that's set in stone, but your plan not no plan is set in stone until it's happened and it's over. You have to be prepared for anything. You have to be prepared to adjust on the go. You have to be able to call it, on, you know, call it on the fly. That's just, that's always the nature of wrestling. But now it's the nature of wrestling times a hundred in in the COVID era. And and I and I, you know, and I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that they had to reschedule their show. But you know, right after they canceled their show, they announced five new shows, three of which on three consecutive weeks. So it makes you question the the sincerity or the genuity of their statement in the first place. Um, are they just mad or or you know what's the real story? Because based on the concerns uh, that they that they voiced, you know, it doesn't seem like they're doing any different. So you know, I have no ill will towards them, and I understand people say things when they're frustrated or when they're upset. And I do think that he's reached out to some other members of the collective, uh, the promoter I'm speaking of, and he sort of apologized for that. And I think he may have even issued a statement to that regard. So, you know, I, I just, everybody gets, everybody just kind of, kind of needs to take a deep breath and keep things in perspective, myself included, and, you know, probably reserve a rush to judgment and just realize and remind ourselves that we're living in a, in, in a, in an uncertain world right now. And there's really, again, to circle all the way back, there's no way to prepare for any of this unless you're going to lock yourself in your home and shut yourself off from the outside world. Those that choose not to do that have to do everything they do safely and responsibly and plan for anything and be prepared for anything and also be prepared for nothing because anything can change on any day. So as we wrap up, there were some uh, allegations levied Logan Stunt's way. Uh, he has not commented on that thus far, but do you have a comment or response to those allegations that were levied uh, from, from uh, again, an alleged incident at the Collective last weekend? Yeah, sure. Uh, so 
I obviously was not present when this incident took place, uh, you know, nor do I know the exact timeline and when it happened. I have a rough idea based on what the, um, what the, uh, the accuser has stated and, um, you know, I can't make a judgment on what happened and, and whatever, uh, you know, who am I to say that, you know, I can't say that she's lying and I can't say he's guilty. That's not my role. What I can say that we did is when words started to leak out, when she, when, uh, she made a post on social media about it, uh, people from GCW immediately attempted to contact her and did make contact with her and asked her what happened, you know, what can we do? How can, you know, who, who do we need to talk to? How can we handle this for you? And how can we make you feel safe? Um, you know, this was done instantly and we maintained communication throughout the rest of that day and the rest of the weekend. Um, we attempted, we, we made all attempts to, um, you know, handle the situation and we did the best we could. Um, you know, I, I don't want to get into too much detail, but, you know, we, we spoke to this person and we basically did what was asked of this person and we did it to the best of our ability. And, um, I mean, I, I'm not really sure what else we can do about that or, or what else we can do to that effect. You know, we, we, we reached out, we offered assistance, um, you know, we can't tell the, this person what to do, you know, it's up to them to decide how they, how they want to handle it. So, I mean, we did our part, I think, you know, and, um, I'm certainly open, you know, if there's something else we could have done, I would love to, to know, but, um, I mean, we, we did the best we could based on what we knew at the time. I definitely uh, wish her the best regardless of the yeah, outcome. And, and I'm sorry. Sean, I'm sorry. Let me say one more thing as well. Um, we didn't know that Logan stunt was the accused individual. So, you know, he ended up being there for the rest of the weekend. And that wasn't because we knew and we said, Oh, it's all right. Just let him finish out the weekend. We did not know that it was him. We were not, you know, when we attempted to find out who it was, we were not given a name. So we were not able to act on that. Had we known we, we certainly would have taken some action, but we did not know. Uh, again, definitely wish the best for her as I'm sure that that type of thing is, is not easy to deal with, especially with some of the responses that, I saw that she got on social media, which were uh, really gross, honestly. I mean, there, there's a lot of people that immediately jump on her and, and kind of just said some really, really gross things. But uh, how, how are you health-wise? Are you I, – I, I asked you after – or I think I asked you this afternoon. If you were healthy, have you been tested? I, I would imagine you have. How were those results uh, over the past week? Yeah, I so I went on Thursday, yesterday, and I got a rapid test at one of the urgent cares near my home, and I, I did test negative. Um, I took uh, I took one of the members of our roster with me. Actually, we both got tested at the same time, and we're both negative. Um, uh, as far as I know, all our all the rest of our immediate and extended staff has all been tested since uh, since returning from the collective, and nobody from our immediate team uh, has tested positive. So 
obviously we're very thankful for that and we're glad that everybody is healthy and okay and able to, um, you know, go on to whatever it is they have to do next. And obviously there, there's, there were plenty of very serious things to talk about, but there were also, there was also a lot of great wrestling last weekend who stood out to you. I mean, God, I know it's, there's dozens, if not hundreds of wrestlers there who stood out to you that I don't want to say that you didn't have your eye on before, but who do you think made the best case for themselves last weekend? Well, I think for one thing, Lee Moriarty, he had a lot of buzz coming in and he had a huge, I mean, he had a huge slate, you know, he, it was basically put up or shut up time is the hype real or not. And I thought that Lee stepped up to the plate and he knocked it out of the park in every match that he had for the entire weekend. I, I, I asked people like, I asked people like their three yeah. favorite moments and I had probably mm-hmm. three or four different matches of his that got mentioned consecutively like within one minute yeah and that's hard to do when you have you know it's one thing to have like three or four huge matches lined up in consecutive weeks and being able to deliver each time but to have three or four matches lined up in uh, over the course of two days and be able to rise to the occasion in each match i mean that is that's extremely difficult uh you know not just from you know fatigue you know i mean uh, just the fact that he was able to remain so focused and perform at such a high level for each of the matches that he had. I mean, that's, that shows you, you know, a level of passion and intensity and pride in what he does. Like, you know, there was no, listen, I just had a fucking crazy match here. It was awesome. We knocked it out of the park. I can take it easy on the next one. You didn't see that from him at all. I mean, he went into every match like he had a point to prove. And I thought he did that. You also had several themed shows, obviously, where some of the people that that were heavily featured were also putting in the responsibility of helping book those shows and, and get talent for those shows. How do you think that those went? I know that AJ Gray and For the Culture just—I mean, it, it didn't deliver. It didn't over deliver. It was just—it was just perfect for the the first type of event like that i mean i think that it went in with with such high expectations already that it was going to be hard yeah. to deliver or over deliver and it, it just it did everything it was supposed to yeah absolutely and and again just to set the record straight i stated this on social media uh previously uh aj booked that entire show by himself uh he didn't ask me for permission he didn't um you know, I didn't submit a suggested card to him. I didn't, you know, I, I told AJ, you know, go out there and, you know, pick the best, put together the best matchups you can think of, and I'll do my part, what I have to do, to make them a reality. And um, and he put together a great lineup. He The, the amount of talent in that room was, was outstanding. It was exceptional. Um, it was extraordinary. And... You know, like you said, he set the bar very high. He set the expectations high. And it it was difficult. It would be difficult for anybody or any show to live up to those expectations. But, yeah, they nailed it. I I mean, the, you know, I I felt pressure for him. 
Like I wanted it to succeed so well and I was nervous. But as I sat there and watched as each match unfolded, it was like, wow, this is not only is this show a reality, but this is like this is like an exceptional show. This is a great show. And this is um I mean by the time we got to the end, it was, you know, all I could feel, I, I was feeling happy for AJ and um, happy for the entire, the entire roster on that show. I mean, they did it. They, they nailed it. It was a phenomenal show from start to uh, start to finish. And it, it laid the groundwork for what can be and, and what could be and what should be going forward. If AJ and, uh, you know, if AJ wants to continue doing this, uh, I mean, what better, what better, start to build off of than what we saw at the collective yeah to specify for some in the chat that thought that i said that it didn't deliver i, I was trying to put it into words that it, it it had such ridiculous hype heading into it really something that you don't see a lot there there are very select few events that don't necessarily have the track record that that have the hype like that and that was one of them and and I saw it, and I was just like, okay, well, that's a great matchup. And then when he had to pivot and had to change some of the matches, it's like it ended like I couldn't have imagined, like O'Shea and Tankman. Like, okay, well, that's a perfect matchup. And it was unbelievable. Like, they were able to adjust when they needed to adjust and everything. It, it was like masterful booking. Like, you just look at it and you say, wow, everybody did so good there. Everybody just nailed it. Everybody rocked it there so uh a, a lot of positivity that came out of there uh as well brett as as we finish up do you have anything to say to viewers fans wrestlers anything yeah um definitely again you know i hear your concerns and um you know i read them and i do take them seriously um you know, I look back on the collective and I, I feel a sense of pride in what we accomplished. And I also feel like there are things that we could have done better. Um, and I do at the end of the day, I have to take responsibility for the shortcomings and I don't want people to think that I'm not, that I don't feel that. And I don't feel a responsibility both for the good and the bad. I, I you know, it, it is my job to, to deliver that safety. And I, I, feel um of course i feel you know in, in some ways um like uh every you know that their safety is you know is my number one concern it is and you know i see the people who have tested positive and and it does register with me and um it's not something that i blow off it is something that i that i'm taking seriously and it's something again where i look back and i say what could we have done better and i discuss all of this with my team and we talk about we've talked about this every day since we left indianapolis and um you know there is a balancing act going on and how can we move forward and continue to do what we're doing and improve upon our safety and uh for fans and wrestlers while still continuing to do what we do. And, um, you know, we will continue to work on this and I will continue to take responsibility for the good and the bad. Um, you know, all I ask for from fans is understanding and patience and, um, you know, just, you know, work with me instead of working against me, please work with me, G give me suggestions instead of 
instead of, uh, you know, um, <laughs> instead of some of the, you know, really aggressive remarks and accusations that I've got, tell me what I can do better. Tell me how I can help you. If you're a fan at the event and you see something that's unsafe, come tell me, say, hey, just a suggestion. Maybe you could do this. And that's the things that I want to hear. The things that, that, you know, that bother me is when I see people go on the social media and, you know, I, I saw somebody last week call me a cold blooded murderer. And, you know, that, that really bothered me because I know in my heart, you know, I am doing my best and everybody on our team is, is doing their best. And, you know, um, I don't want anybody to get hurt, but I, we're all moving forward together as a team, as an independent wrestling community, our world is moving forward and we are a part of it. And, um, I, I want to be a part of it and I'm going to continue to promote shows and I'm going to continue to pay our wrestlers and keep them going forward. So, uh, that's going to happen regardless. So help me be on my team. You know, I always used to say, and it's in the saying still holds true today. We're, we are all in this together. The entire wrestling community, we're, we're all in this together. We are on the same team. So let's work together. Let's be patient with each other. Let's keep perspective and help me. Please help me. If you have suggestions, something that I haven't thought of, something that's realistic and something that's easy that I can implement, um, tell me, please. You know, like let's let's all work together to make this safer and make it better. Uh, and, and again, while keeping it in perspective and realizing that the world and our country is moving forward, things are happening now. People have to work. People are going to events. The, this country is going to move forward one way or the other, and we're going to be part of it. So let's work together to make it as safe and, and as good as possible. Brett Lauderdale, thank you so much for being so generous with your time. Uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Uh, and I appreciate you giving me this opportunity. And um, yeah, and I and I thank everybody for um, for listening and for submitting questions. And um, if anybody has has other serious questions and they're interested in a serious answer, you can DM me at any time or email me gamechangerwrestling at yahoo.com, and I will respond to people. So um, yeah, thanks, Sean. Guys, until next time, we're out. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.